Because of the sin David committed with Bathsheba in having sex with her, and also in having Uriah, her husband, put on the front lines of battle and killed, God pronounces a sentence upon David. God did not kill David, nor did he even take the kingdom away from David, but there was a penalty for the sin. And the penalty was that the sword will never depart from your house. And God said that he would raise up evil from David's own house against David. Well, Absalom is that evil that God raised up to challenge David. Absalom tried to take over the kingdom. Second Samuel 15. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate, the gate that was the entering of the city. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king, to King David, for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. And Absalom said, Moreover, O that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or any cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And so it was that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this matter did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And Absalom does this for 40 years. And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. This was an area of the country where Absalom was going to start his rebellion against David. He was going to gather the different tribes to come to Hebron to be with him to fight against David. So this is the beginning of the sword that God raised up against David because of the sin David did against Uriah and Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. And Absalom reigned in Hebron, and with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for David's counselor, his own counselor, to be Absalom's counselor, Ahithophel, David's counselor, 
So David's counselor left David and went to Absalom. And in verse 12, it says, The conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And basically they departed from David. Second Samuel 15, starting at verse 13. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom unless we flee. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. So the king went forth and all his household after him. They left Jerusalem and the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house at Jerusalem. Now, they're going to come into great play because they're part of the prophecy. Remember how God said in Second Samuel 12 by Nathan the prophet that because you have done this thing with Bathsheba secretly, I will do this to you, but all of Israel will know it was done. What's going to happen with these concubines? Because one of the things Absalom is going to do is in Jerusalem, they put a tent on the top of the house and he has sex with these 10 concubines of David in front of basically with the knowledge of all of Israel knowing that Absalom is doing this thing. Well, that's part of that penalty that God put upon David back there after he had sex with Bathsheba. You can read that in Second Samuel 12. Second Samuel 15, verse 17. And the king David went forth from Jerusalem and all the people after him, and they tarried in a place that was far off. And all the country wept with a loud voice. And all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. And all the people passed over, going toward the way of the wilderness. Verse 31, And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David cried out to God when he heard that, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. David was really afraid when he heard that Ahithophel was with Absalom because they thought Ahithophel was like an oracle of God and that things that he did and said came to pass, so the counsel from him against David would be a terrible thing for David. And David cried out to God, O oh God, turn his counsel into foolishness. 
Now, here is a very important point for us, the New Testament church. Problems arise as we go through life. The Apostle Paul told us what to do in the situation with the problem. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I had a cousin who had been a Church of Christ member from the time she was a baby. She was taken to Church of Christ with her mother. She had attended Church of Christ all her life, and she was 97 years old when she told me this story. She said to me, I do well during the day, but I get so lonely at night. And I excitedly said to her, Oh, that's no problem, because your answer is in Philippians 4, 6. Do Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So when you start to get lonely and you feel the loneliness come on, you just turn to God and say, please help me. And he will. I've had so much experience with this scripture doing it. When I was in the rehabilitation hospital after an accident for two and a half months, I was by myself in Lubbock. And I would awaken and think, how can I get through this day in this hospital? And I would turn to God and say, please help me to get through this day. Before I knew it, it'd be three or four in the afternoon, and I'd remembered that I'd prayed for God to help me get through the day. So many times I've done this. Please help me to get through this. Let your request be made known unto God. And that's our answer in the New Testament church. So I told this to my cousin. About two weeks later, she said to me, I do well in the afternoons, but I get so lonely in the evenings. I was so shocked because she didn't do Philippians 4, 6. After that, I just left her alone. Titus, in Titus we read, if any man is a heretic, meaning they don't do the word of God, just avoid him. So I didn't try to do any more with my cousin. It says, after the first or second admonition, reject him. Warn him once or twice, but if he won't do the word of God, it's over. There's nothing you can do by counseling him further. You will only trouble yourself, and he will be a thorn in your side and pricks in your eyes, and he can even turn you away from believing God and following God and having faith in God, even when he says he's a Christian. 
But if you won't do the word of God, you have to consider him an heretic and avoid him. Don't keep trying, for it can destroy you. Concerning David and Absalom, David sent some spies to Absalom's court, and they said, we will serve you as we have served your father. But really, they were going to find out what was going on with Absalom and his intention toward David, and they were going to let David know what had happened. One of the spies was a man named Hushi, David's friend. So Hushi is in the house of Absalom as a counselor, and so is Ahithophel, who had been David's counselor, who now works for Absalom. They asked counsel of Ahithophel, and he gave his counsel to David's son, Absalom. Absalom liked the counsel, but then he decided to ask Hushi, who's the spy of David, for counsel, and who she said, Ahithophel's counsel is not good to do at this time. And so they went along with Ahushi, and it turned out after they went along with Ahushi, Ahithophel killed himself. All through these stories, we see that God lets these things happen, but he turned them for good. And he did it in his own way that he wanted to do it. You may remember that David asked him to turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. Well, the counsel would have worked. It wasn't foolishness. It would have worked. But God turned Absalom's heart to follow Hushi, which counsel was not going to work in favor of Absalom. God has his way of dealing with the problem. We can just cry out to God, help me. Pam Paget has the most interesting story about this. When she was a young person in college, and she was born again at the time, but she had a sister who was not born again. And the sister was very involved with sororities and fraternities. And this was an elder sister, and she wanted Pam, the younger sister, to be involved with the fraternity that she was involved with. So they went to the bar where the fraternity was having a party. And Pam said the minute she stepped inside the door, there was so much lewdness that she just couldn't stand it. And she just turned and walked out and walked back to her dormitory. Later, there was a fraternity party. And the sister wanted Pam to go to the party. It was going to be a few miles outside of town by a river. And there would be, Pam pictured there would be a fire, uh, like uh, firewood and roasting of marshmallows and things like that. Plus, she would have a date. And so she was excited about having a date. She accepted. But then she realized that this wasn't going to be a marshmallow roast. She found out these fraternity guys were building individual little huts for their dates. And she was horrified. 
And she told her sister, I can't do this. I can't go to this. And the sister replied, you have to go. There isn't time for your date to get another date. You've got to go. So Pam cried out to God, help me. And Pam said, please let me have appendicitis on the day of the event. Well, God didn't give her appendicitis, but he had another plan for her escape. Pam awoke that morning, and she said she felt fine. She was really disappointed she didn't have appendicitis. But she noticed it was drizzling outside, a little bit of rain. Through the day, the rain increased. By afternoon, one of the leaders of the fraternity had called Pam, and he said, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but the rain washed away the huts that your date was building and the other fraternity men were building and we're going to have to cancel the event. Pam, of course, rejoiced. She was freed by God in his way. So it's a matter of crying out to God, deliver me if you get yourself into something by your own word, by agreeing to do it. There is a psalm about this A proverb, brother, Proverbs 6, it says, If you have been trapped by the words of your mouth, free yourself. If you find you can't face it, you can do what Pam did. Just ask God to free you. I've done that before. I have been excited over seeing someone and visiting with this person, and Then I've realized I didn't ask God about that. I just wanted to do it of my own flesh, of my own desire. What if it's not the best thing to do? And I've called out to God and said, please, if this is not the best thing for me to do, please deliver me. And God has made a way to deliver me. So I know this can work, just crying out to God. When I lived in Lubbock, Texas, I had a fairly large house with two unused bedrooms, which were for guests. My neighbor who lived directly behind my house was a Jewish man, and he called me one day and said, would you rent one of your bedrooms to me? I have some guests coming in for the weekend, and I'm not able to house them. And I wondered if they could stay in your bedroom and I could rent your bedroom. And I said, oh, no, I won't rent it to you. You can use it. And he said, well, it's my wife's, our anniversary. And I need to put her daughter and her daughter's friend at your house. Then it hit me, what's this friend? So I said to him, what is this friend? And he said, oh, my wife's daughter is a lesbian, and her and her partner want to stay in the house. I said, oh, no, I can't have this. I cannot sanction this in my house. I'll read the section of scripture for us on the subject of homosexuals and lesbians. Romans chapter 1. For God has strongly instructed me, when I speak of the subject of homosexuals and lesbians, be sure to read the scripture to the people. 
Romans chapter 1, we can start at verse 26. Actually, let's start at 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. This is what the Bible says. This is the view God has. We as Christians renew our mind to the word of God and we renew our thinking and set it according to that which we see in the Holy Bible that we conform to the image of God, to his thinking. So I said to this Jewish man, I cannot have the homosexuals or lesbians stay in my house because of what God says in Romans 1. But if you have a married couple who wants to stay here, that that would be fine. And he said, well, I don't approve of lesbians either. And he left. I didn't see him again after that, and two years or so passed. His wife was backing her car out of the garage one day when I was going to the dumpster that sits in the alley. And I waited for her to greet her because I hadn't seen them in a long time. And I said to her, how's Bernard? And she said, oh, he passed away. And I said, he did. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. She said, I want to talk with you. And I said, fine. She said, I'll be over to your house tonight to talk with you. And I said, that'll be fine. So I prepared cheese, refreshments, and things like that. I turned my back porch light on so she could come directly from her garage to my house. Nine o'clock came, and she still hadn't come to my house. Ten o'clock came. She hadn't come to my house. I gave up and turned the back porch light off. Later, the thought came to me, God protected you. For this woman wanted to attack you over the homosexual subject. So I know even when we don't have enough vision to cry out to God, 
that we might be in danger. Even then, he protects his people. But when you think there might be danger, cry out to God for his help to be delivered by God and do whatever he shows you. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.